In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There are only two or three human stories, and they go on repeating themselves as fiercely as if they had never happened before. Lilla Catha wrote that in her novel, O Pioneers. I love that epigram, even though it's an exaggeration. There are not only two or three human stories, there is only one. It's called A Pursuit of Happiness. All people want to be happy, said St. Augustine, and none are happy who do not have what they want. I wants make a long list, so the story is a thick book. One subplot, several times repeated in my lifetime, is of peoples whose happiness was thwarted by laws of church, state, and social custom through brave effort against sometimes fierce resistance. Hearts, minds, laws, and customs changed, not necessarily in that order. These changes prove that ours is still a land of pioneers. One pioneering moment happened here 40 years ago last winter. It was the first ordination of a woman as priest in the South and among the first in history. It was not that the bishop, Christoph Keller, Jr., or the priest, Peggy Bosmeyer, had set out to make history. It was that the bishop knew a call to the priesthood when he saw one, and both he and Peggy knew that she'd been called. So some history did get made. My father's journal entry for that day reads simply, January 29, 1977, at the cathedral, Peggy Bosmeyer set apart as priest. The worship was glorious. It moved. Surely God was in this place. Years later, Peggy told me that what she most remembered about my father's sermon at that service. He mentioned an objection to the ordination that had given him pause. A friend had warned that ordination would lead to pain for Peggy. She was so young and tender-seeming, a slip of a girl, Dad referred to her once very fondly. The priesthood, as he and his friend both knew, sometimes attracts outrageous fortunes, slings, and whatnot. And for this priest, there would be more of that than she would suffer as a man. She'd be wounded and scarred. That was true, the bishop said, standing where I'm standing, looking at Peggy seated a row behind Amber and Melissa. And he told her to stand up. And though he wished he could, he said, he could not prevent her being wounded. There are costs to answering a call. Insofar as she could help it, he said, it will be good not to advertise her scars. She never did. Willa Cather lifted her title from the Walt Whitman poem, Pioneers, O Pioneers. The poem is a celebration. O resistless, restless race, O beloved race in all, O my breast aches with tender love 
for all. Oh, I mourn and yet exult. I am wrapped with love for all. Pioneers, oh pioneers. As to marriage, I am no pioneer. Julie's and mine is so corny, not quite, is corny not quite to the point of being cool. But Cather's insight is that even repeating familiar storylines feels unique to those of us who live them. Finishing a marathon is not unique, but that takes nothing from its value. After 39 years of pursuing happiness and marriage, we have learned and pass on to you the cold, hard, corny truth. Marriage takes a lot of L-O-V-E love. This is one in a string of weddings that I have preached for people I hold dear. Started last year with my son Christoph and Laura. I've been working on that sermon for 30 years. <laughs> About L-O-V-E, I told Christoph and Laura this. In the Bible, love presents three faces, passion, duty, and spirit. In the Song of Solomon, love is something that we feel, flashes of fire no less, vehement and jealous, so be careful. Passion is the dance. In John, Jesus speaks of love as something that we ought to do. Abide in my love, he orders. Duty is the give and take. In Colossians, love is dove-like. It comes down divine as peace. It comes across as kindness, forgiveness, and compassion. Spirit is the music. Love is passion, duty, spirit. The recipe for happy marriage. End quote. On first arrival, love is paradise. It is as though life's water turns to wine. Then the plot thickens. For details, I refer you to the Bible, daytime television, and Patsy Cline. <laughs> Marriages are built to handle the thick plot. Weddings consist of promises and prayers. The promises are Christ-like. Melissa, do you offer yourself to Amber freely, unreservedly? Amber, will you live together with Melissa in faithfulness and holiness of life as long as you both shall live? These promises are constellations by which you will navigate through life's ups, downs, and plot twists. The prayers are for the Spirit's wind in your sails. Those prayers will be answered, yes. When Tolstoy said that every happy family is alike, he meant that they are all made of kept promises and answered prayers. Naming the obvious, you two most certainly are pioneers, women in love and one a priest, among the first such marriages in history. I've seen you talk about that in a Love Your Neighbor video on YouTube. 
Melissa, you allow us how before you knew Amber, religion had not been on your radar. Little did you imagine when you first met that in her it was coming at you like a stealth torpedo from a submarine. <laughs> Amber, you describe your welcome here, beginning with your interview with me. My boss, you called me, as you often do. You told the interviewer you needed to make sure that in offering you the job, as to a certain detail, I knew what I was getting. So you told me a little bit about yourself, just so you'd know, you said, in case I hadn't. I had not, I said, but it was not a worry. That was that, and we shook hands as boss and employee. Now I'll tell you what I did know. I knew that you were called. That star was the fixed point above our interview. It made navigation easy and I had wind in my sail. I wish that we're not so, but you will be hurt sometimes. Comes with a collar, standard issue. And as a woman in a same-sex marriage, you will get your share of that and more. Your hurts will also be Melissa's. That comes with marriage, standard issue. Melissa, I trust you realize that all this puts you in a very strong negotiating position. <laughs> Milk it, sister. <laughs> what you should expect from Amber is, first, the concession that your job has turned your Saturday nights from wine to water. <laughs> the best night of the week is now the worst. So how can she make this up to you? I don't know, but Julie could help you with some ideas. <laughs> As you and Julie are comparing notes, she will tell you, Melissa, that at least Amber was already a priest when she coached you into loving her. When she married me, Julie thought she was getting a nice history professor. <laughs> and now here she is passing out bulletins on Sunday mornings and reporting for bell practice on Wednesday nights. And guess what? All that Saturday night fun we may have missed hasn't kept Julie and me from being happy. Far from it. We wouldn't trade the happiness we've had for anyone's. Odd, the packages that happiness comes wrapped in. Amber, please tell me I'm not up here as your boss. I fancy I'm here as Dumbledore to your Harry Potter. If I have to, I can settle for Snape. <laughs> we hear the same music, don't we? It calls to us from beyond the lows and highs of fortune. Others hear it through us sometimes. And when they do, it feels like water turned to wine. It's God's song through Christ to all these people. Oh, resistless, restless race. Oh, beloved race and all. Oh, my breast aches with tender love for all. Oh, I mourn and yet exult. I am wrapped with love for all. Oh, pioneers. <laughs>